You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Boucher Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Boucher Breakaway. I know last week we had some guests on, but this week we got Greg back. Greg, say hello. Ah, it's good to be back, Ryan. Welcome, my friend. It's uh, We have a big week going on this week, not just for the Rangers, but for personally you and I. Oh my god. Uh, are we allowed to talk about the mythical, otherworldly experience that we've been calling Brohegan for the better part of the last three months? Technically, I guess we are. Uh, so... To spoil all the fans this week, we're going to Mohegan Sun with uh, 20 of our best friends. And uh, next week's podcast, I'm sure, I'm positive, will be of lower quality. Uh, lower quality, <laughs> but better stories, not about hockey. That, that's true. So if you want to hear some uh, personal tips about surviving in the wilderness, tune in next week. Uh, so many bets I'm going to make. Not just like legal ones I'm going to do in the casino playing poker and blackjack, but the ones through my bookie for March Madness. It's, this is the greatest weekend in sports coming up. I love it. And more we'll than be together else. at last with all of our friends making awful decisions. Yeah, I guess that's cool, too. <laughs> I guess the betting's really the part I like, though. It's not a lie. <laughs> I mean, you're an okay guy. You I'm, get along. Listen, you know how I feel about you. It's, you know, could be the best part about it, dude? Bro Hegan. Bro Hegan. No girls allowed. <laughs> oh, boy gonna be a tough one it's gonna be great uh i can't wait that being said let's talk a little bit about the show last week you got you weren't on so what uh, hey 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 hold on wait a second i was on for like two minutes okay and all right listen you were here you dying made, you made a cameo that's my beat dying right? in a hotel room in norfolk virginia yeah how was that the the whole experience of calling all those wonderful basketball games uh you know the games themselves were actually good what sucked is i didn't pack enough clothes because i didn't <laughs> think they'd i didn't think they'd last that long right uh, so w- they got to the semifinals, and I was only prepared for quarterfinals. Oh, well, it's <laughs> a pretty funny story, actually. Uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, funny for you. Right. That being said, let's let's actually talk about the show now. So last week you weren't on, 
Uh, I had two wonderful guests that, that filled in for you. They couldn't fill those shoes of yours, but they did a great job, I have to say. Some other, some other guy named Greg. I don't know if I feel good about this. <laughs> Joey was great. I really liked having him on. Uh, so here's the new format for our show. Usually what we do is we go and talk about each game individually, and then we like kind of briefly like preview the games coming up, but we always aren't that good at it. So it's <laughs> just being honest with you guys. That being said, from now on, we're going to quickly recap the games, and then we're going to go through themes and questions throughout the week. And I think that'll be provide better content for everyone out there. And if it doesn't, you know, we'll switch back. Look, man, we've only been doing this for a couple months. Like, this show is going to be ever-evolving. And one day, maybe, you will actually find a rhythm and routine that we like. But you got to experiment, man, to know right. what you like. Yeah, so let's go over the last Ranger week real quick. After coming off the Islander game, they go against the Buffalo team, which is struggling, obviously, as Eichel. But it's a team of not a lot of talent. The Rangers come out of the gate. The nice 3-0 lead and led Buffalo right back into that game. Go down uh, and Buffalo scores two to bring the game to 3-2. Obviously, we close it out, but it feels like that team really relaxed on that game. Yeah, less than ideal. But uh, we're, again, at a point in the season where a win is a win. Right. Now let's talk about choke jobs. Over, uh, <laughs> over the weekend, uh, the Rangers blew two games to not only the Detroit Red Wings, which was, by the way, uh, an absolute heartbreaking loss, but to the Penguins. Uh, I believe the way you quickly recap those games is just a really loud, audible woof. Woof. And it was a like the theme for this week was: Is this team good enough coming into the playoffs? Now, the first question I want to ask you for this week is: How does McElrath's injury affect this team going forward? Uh, You know, honestly, and I know you're not going to like this answer because you're big on the diesel, and I think you are the driver of that bandwagon i gotta be honest ryan i i don't think i don't think it's going to have that much of an impact of all the players the rangers could have lost to an injury at this time in the season wrath is probably on the lower spectrum of probably like the five least significant injuries does it suck absolutely never want to lose a guy like Rath, but i i i, I can't say that the Rangers' season is going to be greatly impacted one way or another, with or without Dylan McElrath this year. That's totally understandable. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because of Mark Stahl and Dan Boyle. Now, my next question is going to surprise you a little bit. How right. impressive did you find Dan Boyle's achievement of going negative four in the Pittsburgh game? It boggles the mind. <laughs> it's just... I mean, how many times have you and I been on this podcast where I've lampooned the pairings you put Dan Boyle with? Because he's just, she's not really a defenseman at this point in his career. Like, his job basically is power play quarterback. And honestly, I don't want him on the ice at any other time in the game besides when the Rangers are on the power play. Like... He's just old, he's slow, he gets beaten too easily, and he really is one-dimensional now. And I think that, more than anything else, is going to be a problem for the Rangers. I totally agree, which is why the wrath point to me, going back to that, is that loss feels so much more significant because I felt that even though wrath probably isn't the best defenseman on the team, probably not even the best top four defenseman on the team, the guy's solid, and he plays hard, and he's young, and he can actually move. So losing him for this this 
a uh, couple weeks that we actually did lose him is really tough for this team, in my opinion. Especially but, because Stahl, by the way, uh, other than playing against Buffalo this week pretty well, not the best of weeks. Yeah, but at the same time, what really is the difference between Dylan McElrath and Brady Shea right now? Where I, the, the styles are different, but I don't think the outcome at the end of the day is going to be significantly different from one player to the other. I think you're going to get the same kind of performances from Rath or from Shea. Well, like, that's I, why, I mean, they called Shea down five days ago. He's going to California to play over there. So it's, uh, I guess if they really wanted that side of performance, they would have Shea up. Yeah, but, like, I mean, I, I think what's the, I think one of the big reasons he's not here, and I'm sure our friends that listen to our pod religiously, there's, there's capital implications why he's not up. And it's the fact that he needs top-line minutes and the Rangers don't want to give him third-line minutes at this point in time. But this is a quite, this is like that power struggle you get with uh, certain teams and I guess favorite teams I root for. Like, at a certain time, how, how long have we been podcasting today? Has it been 10 minutes? And I haven't brought up a Met-related, uh, Met-related thing. You've, like, hit, you've hit 7 minutes and 30 seconds, so... Like, at some point... The Mets last year took a deep look back and said, we can either let Michael Conforto continue to mature and play against righties and lefties in the minors, or we can pick and choose his matchups in the major leagues and utilize his talent and let him play pitchers we think he can hit in the majors. And it worked out well for the Mets. And you know what? He didn't take a step back developmentally, even though he wasn't playing every day. And I think the Rangers really need to do some soul-searching here and take a look back and think, I, I think their lineup is better right now with Brady Shea. And I think that when McElrath is healthy, and I think that especially now that he's hurt. That might be true. And I, I do hope they call him back up. I really think of this home stretch. By the way, there's only 13 games left in the regular season before playoff time. And that doesn't, that, that is not that a is lot. Crazy. That is crazy. That is not a lot. So, you know, I would like to get some some rest for Boyle and Stahl down this, down this line. I know, I know Stahl's really not hurt right now, but he's, he's older and he's, he's been injured in the past. It would hey, be nice to sit him for a couple games. I agree with you getting Boyle rest, but I'm going to actually – I I know I've been the let's get Stahl some rest bandwagon before. Uh, we're at a point now where he needs to play through this cold snap because him sitting on the bench is not going to do the Rangers any good or him any good. He's a vet. He's been through this before. He needs ice time, and he needs to get out of this rut. It's been a year-long rut, and maybe he will never get out of it, but benching him – is not going to help us in the playoffs. It's that simple. Totally agree. And he needs to play well if we're going to win. Absolutely. Uh, so to go to my next question, to go back to the Buffalo game, I was talking about how this team relaxed when they were up 3 nothing. Do you think that's just like the dog days of hockey? They obviously won the game, but they were up 3 nothing. They were like, oh, this game's in the bag, and they just let this team back on? Yeah, I think that was a case of the team, a veteran team, knew they were up 3 nothing against an inferior opponent and thought the game was in the bag. And the Sabres, for all the crap that people give them, um, they're a team that is playing out the string. They're hungry. They're not just going to roll over for everyone. So props to the Sabres for capitalizing on the Rangers hitting the snooze button. Uh, but I, I don't necessarily think it was something to necessarily get too worked up about. Oh, just they won something, the game, I want, which, something I wanted to bring up because it, it's hard to uh, – you want, you want to beat teams like that when you're the better team. Then. Right, right, and they, in all fairness, they were beating them. But the difference is the Rangers, you know, they went to bed early. 
they played 40 minutes of hockey as opposed to 60. And luckily, they did it against a team where you can get away doing that. Uh, but at the same time, I also don't think they would have... Well, I mean, I can't say I don't think they would have hit the snooze button if they were playing a different team because we saw how the other two games went this week. But right. y- you get my point. Like, they knew they had that game in hand, for better or for worse. They they fell asleep at the switch, but they got the win. And y- You know, you can't be totally angry about that. No, but I can't be totally angry about this. How frustrated is Hank playing for this team where Hank is now 34, playing out of his mind against Detroit, and in... <laughs> when the Red Wings have an empty net, the the puck hits the post, the Rangers do not score, and with 32 seconds remaining, the Red Wings put it in to bring it to overtime. How long, uh, how long can Hank play out of his mind and not literally want to murder everyone else on this team? Well, considering the Rangers are paying him about $8 million a year, I, I think forever. he can play a pretty long time. Uh, he's also playing in New York, and he's the most popular player on the Rangers. And he's got, like... Frustrated, sure. Uh, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm talking a little bit too personally about Henrik Lundqvist when I shouldn't be. I Shitty things happen playing hockey, and I bet you that's not the most frustrating loss Henrik Lundqvist has suffered as a New York Ranger. Um, it would be a lot more frustrating if the Rangers were on the outside looking into the playoffs, but as a team... You know, sure, there's some debate if the Rangers are going to be a two-seed, a three-seed, or one of the wild cards, but, you know, they're nine points up on the Flyers right now, and they it seems pretty comfortable with 13 games left that the Rangers will inevitably clinch a playoff spot. So, did it suck? Absolutely. Should the Rangers have won the game? No question. Does Henrik want to kill people because of that game? I don't know. I, I, I certainly hope not. I think I hope he understands it was just one that got away. Right. Well, now, if this was game five of a must-win series against the Islanders in the playoffs, it's a different conversation. But it's a March game against the Red Wings, a game they should have won, but at the same time, can't, they got a point. It could have been worse. That's very true. <sighs> All right. Well. Okay, I'm okay. trying to talk you off the ledge today, man. That's my job. Okay, keep talking to me because in the we'll go to the next game. In the Pittsburgh game, and before we get to this, I actually want to ask you this question. Everyone who watched the Pittsburgh game knows how that game ended in a very crappy way. Yes. That being said, someone did come back to our team for the Pittsburgh game, and that is Rick Nash. What is getting Rick ba- Rick Nash, Rick Bash, I called him Rick Bash. What does getting Rick Nash back mean for this team? Uh, I mean, it makes them so much deeper. Their top three lines now are kind of ridiculous. Um, but at the same time, getting, and I think we saw this a little bit in the Penguins game, getting Nash back, this isn't just putting names down on a piece of paper. There's chemistry that needs to be rebuilt. Nash missed so much time, and Eric Stahl wasn't here before Nash went out. So there are a lot of pieces, a lot of alphas now on this team that need to find a way to play cohesively and work together as a unit. And I think it's a shame that his first game back was against a team like the Penguins, who even without Malkin, they still have Crosby, and they still have Kessel, and they still have Latang. Like, it's still a semi-dangerous team, though you and I have talked multiple times, Very that much. their depth doesn't scare me. And I think in a seven-game series, the Rangers win it nine times out of ten. Um, but had Nash come back in a game like against the Sabres, and had to, like had that game to build relationships back up with his line mates and then be back for the Red Wings and be back in full for the Penguins, 
maybe the outcomes are different, but I mean, it's huge that he's back. Anyone saying like, oh, we were fine without Rick Nash, you're fucking insane. Pardon my French. <laughs> but this is Rick Nash. This is a proven goal scorer in the regular season. And we, if the Rangers want to ever win a cup, he's going to have to score goals come April. And they're not going to do it without him. So anyone thinking the Rangers are better without Rick Nash, you're crazy. It's like saying the Yankees were better without A-Rod before A-Rod got his ring. They're clearly better with A-Rod. What we need to do is find a way to get Nash over this hump. And it's important that he's back now because he's got 13 games to get back to his A-game. And we got to figure out who we're going to see come April. I totally agree. I think Nash is going to take a couple games to get into uh, rhythm with his line and get back into hockey shape, to be honest. It's gonna, yep. you, know, you don't get right back into it. Uh, nope. he, we need him to win. Like This team, the stats do not like this team. And hockey isn't like baseball where you can send a guy down to the minors for a rehab assignment. You literally get thrown back in the starting lineup once you're healthy to skate. But it takes time to get to that point where he was before he got hurt. And he was having a poor year before he got hurt. He was doing a great job of finding goalies pads on wide open net. <laughs> but look, we need Rick Nash in order to be a successful team this year. So it's going to be very important to get him back up to his game. You know, you brought up an interesting point there before about how our, our top three lines have actually finally a lot of depth. That's That being said, Vigneault did something with that over the weekend. He said uh, in the Pittsburgh game, he went to three lines, and this is his quote about it. I just felt that going a three-line rotation might have given us more jump. It's not something I do very often, especially in back-to-back situations. I was just trying to get us to play quicker, like we did in the first period. And they came out roaring in the first period, and then they became the, the typical Rangers in the second period. Do you like that kind of style from AV, trying to go to a three-line uh, situation, especially when Tanner Glass is scratched and he's pretty much sitting Dom Moore and Hayes? Uh, I don't like it doing it in the first period, because I think it gasses out the guys too quickly. Um, I'm okay with it if you want to do it towards the end of the second period into the third, and you want, like, it's perfectly um, per- perfectly justifiable to have a fourth line that, as a unit, only sees the ice for less than nine minutes. Like, that happens if you want to play a little heavy. But I don't like going three lines in the first period, because we saw it. The Rangers, they looked sharp and energized in the first period, but I think part of the problem against the Penguins is they got gas because they just were going on short shifts. And it's one thing to do that in the playoffs in a short series, in the third period, towards the end of the second period. It's another thing to do it mid-March after a long, grueling season, especially when you have old legs on your defensive lines. Totally agree. And, uh, I hope he doesn't do that in the future. I, I, okay, I'm okay with the strategy in general. That being I'm, s- I, I, I'm, I hope he does it in the future. I just hope he's smarter about when he does it. I don't think you can do it in the first period. That's what I, I was going to say. I think you need to be traditional in the first period and even the first half of the second period. But if you want to go short shifts, get your stars on the ice, do double shifts in the third. If you're in a tight game and you need that spark to put you over the edge, absolutely. That's exactly when you should be doing that. But the first period in a non-playoff game, I feel like you're just gassing your guys for no reason. Yeah, and the worst part about this to me is not the fact that he did this in the first period. It's the fact that he did this on a back-to-back. 
These guys yeah, that just... was questionable too. Back to back, where the last game he played was an overtime game too. Also, your best center, probably not your best center. I mean, Derek Broussard, who actually I guess you could say is the the best center on this team, even though Stefan has been insane all year. He's coming off the flu. He didn't even play the Red Wing game. Yeah, there again. You and I were in cahoots here. It's an okay strategy. Doing it at that time was not wise. Oh man, it, it, that's just something that like he's made a lot of questionable decisions this year. And I've never really had a problem with AV until I've, till this year, to be honest. Uh, I, I think he's been a phenomenal coach, and he still is a phenomenal coach. But I, he makes me question all himself, him, his, all, all of his strategy a lot more these days. Yeah, well, I just don't I'm also, why. I'm also going to remind you that I think you're dealing with a little bit of recency bias because he is three times the coach John Tortorella ever was, and four times the coach someone, uh, not uh, what's his name. I, yeah, it, the, this, is, this is embarrassing. His name is not Rob Lowe. But <laughs> okay. the, the coach before Torts, I've blocked it so far out of Rob my Rob Lowe from Parks and Rec? No, not him. Okay. Um, and God, Buckets. I can't remember the name. This is embarrassing. Nah, I'm that's sorry, okay. Reddit it's okay. guys. This, this is a bad look. But, like, AV is, for better or worse, one of the best Ranger coaches, maybe the best Ranger coach since Keenan in 94. And you kind of have to take him for his highs and his lows. And you're just going to have to deal with it. Because if there was... I don't think there's a better coach out there for the Rangers to bring up at this point. And I think A.V. is one of the top ten coaches in the NHL. And I know that's an unpopular opinion. But guess what? This is my fucking podcast. So I can say whatever the hell I want. Cursing. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's but okay. I, it's okay. It's okay. Next I use question. this to highlight my language, Ryan. Next question. Hey, actually, let me talk to you real quick about something unrelated. And I'm gonna Boy, edit, do I'm, we have a sponsor? I'm actually going to edit this part out. No. Um, legitimately editing this part out. You are scratching the crap out of your, uh, your uh, laptop. I'm not again. this time. I'm not this time. Okay. I just, I just get a lot of feedback. That wasn't me. Totally cool. I don't know what's happening. We're, maybe we'll, we will try the iPad next week. We really have to. All right. Uh, getting to the next question right now. Uh, so, as I was talking about Mark Stahl before, he's had a really tough week. He played pretty well against the Blue Shirts. Uh, Blue Shirts, wow. That's us, Blue Shirts Breakaway. He played, hey he, he played pretty well against Buffalo. Yes, he did. Uh, uh, but against the Pens, he scored a goal, except it happened to be against Lundquist, and that was when the game was tied. Uh, so, everyone who's a Ranger fan is really not a fan of Mark Stahl right now, and I know what you said, what to do with him going forward. Just Got it. as a fan... How do you not hate this guy? Uh, <laughs> because I, I, I remember the Mark Stahl that was one of the four reasons why we were even playoff teams with Tortorella. Um, and maybe that Stahl is gone. Maybe, that, maybe I need to wake up and that Mark Stahl is just never going to come back. But I know if the Rangers are going to be successful this year, they need Mark Stahl. And they need Mark Stahl to play better than he's playing now. Um, am I frustrated with him? Absolutely. Do I think his contract is going to be a problem down the road? It sure is looking like it. But, you know, with the Mets, I'm quick to pile on a guy to be like, that's the problem with this team. With the Rangers, I'm like, you got to give him a chance. Like, I, I, it's just like, I, I don't know how else to describe it. You are dude. such like, an AV when it comes to Mark Stahl. You're like, everyone has a short leash except Mark Stahl. <laughs> I, I really am. Like, I just, I. You were murdering. Well, 
Here's murdering Chris Kreider earlier this year, who, by the way, is our best player right now. <laughs> uh, I'd stop short saying that, but not the point. Here's, here's my thing. What else are they going to do? Like, if you have a better alternative to Mark Stahl readily available, let's do it. You don't. The problem is we don't, so we need him, and he's going to be important. He just needs – of course he needs to play better. I, I just – I don't know, man. Like, at this point, I'm ride or die with Mark Stahl. I don't know where, how I got to this point, but I am at a point with Mark Stahl where I realize I need him to be better and I'm just going to hope and pray that he's going to be better. There is no statistic I could throw out there to be like, oh, he's just underperforming. Oh, he's being underutilized. He's being put in bad situations. I got nothing. He looks like shit. He plays terribly. <laughs> I got nothing left. You're, but, you're, you're very much in the AV mindset today, and I respect you as a person and a friend. I but just I think we, you're crazy. And I, 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 we need him to play better. I do, readily admit do. that. We need Girardi to play better, and guess what? He's... He was playing through an injury, and he has played better. I, I have to give Girardi credit. Mark Stahl is a ghost of his former self. Well, maybe Eric will have a talking with him. I hope they Eric just do brotherly another... love, and they do like a fusion dance from Dragon Ball Z and become a great player. <laughs> uh, That's the nerdiest reference I've ever made on this, this podcast. Pretty bad. Uh, pretty bad. Speaking of statistics, like you just said, the blue shirts right now are five. When they're on five and five, their Corsi is 47.5%. It's not only 24th in the NHL, but it's dead last among current players qualifiers. You can thank Brooksy for that one. Uh, this team and the stats do not mesh. They're terrible at puck control. They're terrible at turnovers. And if you look at their, their stats over from 2008 to now, everything just diminishes. I am very scared with this team going forward. The stats don't like this team. This team doesn't have that do-or-die feeling that I want it to have. I know we can get hot come playoff time. And we have to, and it all leads on Henrik. But I'm saying right now, this seriously might be our last great run. You, you've said this before. Will you get off that horse? Are you crazy? I am. I am. You're, I, you're nuts. I, you know what I am? You're it's, nuts. I'm just so negative after these two losses. You I'm really kind of, are. I'm, I'm just like, I'm just rewatching the highlights and watching this team just not be able to finish. Teams they have their foot on their neck. It just, they just don't have that killer instinct I want to see. It's such a sports talk thing to I say. Will, I will admit that it does seem like this team has lost more games late in the third period than the last two seasons combined. Uh, and that is worrisome. But at the same time, it's kind of nice not having the expectations of winning a cup come in this playoffs. Like, I'm ready for whatever these playoffs have to offer me. I am open for anything. I can see them making a deep run somehow for reasons I don't I, I, I can't predict. And I can also see them just falling off in the first round. And, and like, I don't know, that's kind of fun. Like the last two years, dude, I was covered butt. And it was so like it would have been nice to just like enjoy the fact that we won one Eastern Conference championship and went to another Eastern Conference finals and those years dreams were fun, but yeah, man, I don't know what to expect this team because this team has looked great at times and we've looked like a team that probably doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs at other times. We're pretty mercurial like that. And yet we sit at 85 points, which... At 85 <laughs> points and second in the division. The Islanders do have three games in hand, which is going to be a problem, but we're going to make the playoffs and we're going to make noise when we get there. That's the plan, right? That is the plan, right? Let's talk a little bit about the upcoming schedule. We're not going to go in-depth in these games anymore. 
We're we, going west, bro. We, we are going to go west, I'll tell you that. This week we're going to the Kings, the Manifest Ducks, Destiny, and the Sharks. And we're ending up on Monday at the Panthers before you hear from us again. Jeez. That's a tough schedule. This, that West division... Coast, West Coast trips have never been nice to the Rangers. Never. Except for last year, that one time we won all, the, the entire West Coast trip. But that was like the only time in franchise history they've ever oh, done of course. That. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I want to bring it up. Uh, so this Ducks team that I absolutely crapped on early in the year has really turned it around. <laughs> Turn around. Every now and then. Uh, they right now are 7-2 and uh, won their last 10. By the way, so are the Kings. And the Sharks are 6-3-1. and one. Yeah, not a great time to go west. Yeah, this, all these teams are hungry and playing well. The Sharks team is rejuvenated, the Ducks team is rejuvenated, and the Kings are the goddamn Kings. I guess the good news is the Rangers had tonight and Tuesday night to get ready for this trip. But then they have a back-to-back in Anaheim and L.A. before going to San Jose over the weekend. And then coming back on Monday at the Garden to play the Panthers. Let's By the way, this- Ryan, do you know the way to San Jose? <laughs> Let me check. No, 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 I don't. Uh, it's going to be, I'm predicting maybe a four-point week from us out of these next yeah, four games. That'd be nice. I think that's fair, right? I'd be, I think a two-point week, two week isn't good enough. Be no, I'd be, I'd, be ha- I'd be happy with four. If we lose all these games, it's panic mode. Just saying. I'm going, uh, I don't know. I don't know about panic mode. It's, maybe. It's yeah, that'd pandemonium be six, next that'd, week. Be, that'd be six straight. I don't think they're going to, uh, well, they might. I don't know. We'll be at Bro Egan. We'll be fine. <laughs> all right. All right, well, I hope I can give you better news next week. But for right now, I need you to do me a quick favor. I'm pulling out my phone. Pull out your phone. Do me a favor. Go to blueshirtsbreakaway.com. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, everyone out there, I want you to just take a minute and notice. know that right now we're done talking about hockey. Blueshirtsbreakaway.com. We're done talking I, about I also hockey. like how you know how crappy my computer <laughs> is that you told me to break out my phone. To go to a website. I want to just thank the first ever sponsor of Blue Shirts Breakaway. Wait a second. Are we making money? No. But no. we are making candy. Hershey's. Oh, no. Hershey's no. has sent no. me over 51 pounds of Almond Joy to my house. What? De- the delicious, <laughs> delicious Almond Joy I requested from Hershey's. I just emailed them and said, hey. I love Almond Joy, and I support you. Oh I want you to support Blue Shirts Breakaway, the official, the unofficial this? official Rangers podcast, and they sent me 51 pounds now, of delicious on. coconut <laughs> chocolate Almond oh, Joy. Did they, do it, did they do it for free? They did it for free. I have 51 pounds <laughs> of Almond Joy on my table, one whole case. Not only that, I, I also told them, I am a huge supporter of Take 5. They sent me Take 5 sunglasses, a Take 5 sticker, a Take 5 case of candy. And I want to thank Hershey so much for supporting Blue Shirts Breakaway. This is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. This is what you posted the other day, and I was like, is that my mic? And you were like... Nope. Hershey's, you and I have argued about candy in the past, and everyone is crapping on my joy. I asked... Hershey to support my my addiction to Almond Joy and the oh delicious God. coconuts taste. And I got you 51 played, pounds to my house, my friend. Your you thoughts. Play, you played the long con on that. <laughs> now I know. I'm going to get so many hot dogs in the mail because all the vendors are going to be like, damn right, they're sandwiches. <laughs> I, I really did. And listen, if you want to see what we're talking about right now, you can go to blueshirtsbreakaway.com. I have posted pictures of the 51 pounds of Almond Joy that Hershey sent to my house. Addressed um, to Blue Shirts Breakaway. 
I'm I'm post I'm posting this in the group. That is this is the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen in my entire This is it was it was a really great moment and I really do want to thank Hershey's. They're not our official sponsor. I had a really nice email with their uh, I had an email chain with their marketing team. They said, Hey listen, we can't be your official sponsor because I asked them, I was like, Hey, I would just like to say you'd be our official sponsor for a day and they said, Well, we can't do that, but what if we sent you a case of Amit Joy? <laughs> I didn't realize the case was fifty one pounds. It's- it's uh, it's technically like four, like five hundred and sixty almond joy bars. I will be bringing them all to Mohegan Sun. <laughs> I might eat one. Just, I'll, <laughs> I'll have a couple take five. Okay, all right. Well, I want to just thank them. You can go to blueshirtsbreakaway.com to see all the almond joy. Hey, if you want an almond joy, if you want to pay shipping and handling, I will send you some goddamn almond joy. <laughs> unbelievable. That is unbelievable. <laughs> I'm really glad I surprised you with this, and I didn't let you know in advance. That's amazing. No, I am so happy about this. I'm so glad we have a podcast for this story. Yeah, this is a good one. So thank you, Hershey, again. I know I'm selling out super hard. Hershey paid me in no way possible. They just sent me 51 pounds of Almond Joy. This is absolutely incredible. So uh, that's it for Blue Shirts Breakaway this week. Next week we'll be back with a lesser quality podcast because we'll be super hungover and out of all our money. And out of a lot of Almond Joys. Out of a lot of Almond Joys. Go to BlueShirtsBreakaway.com to check out all the Almond Joys or check the Imager post and the Reddit post for this week. And uh, and let's talk about Handy. That's all I, I got to say. I can't, I can't believe this. <laughs> all right. I, I cannot believe. <laughs> I, I'm broken. I am broken. <laughs> I really, if you stuck around this long, I'm really glad you did, everyone. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. It's, it's the best. I, and uh, some, some of our friends already knew about this and I've been hiding it from you. Incredible. <laughs> Give me up this podcast. Well, okay, can... we gotta go. Uh, let's go, Rangers. Let's get a four point. Let's get an eight point week. But I'd love a four point week. That's what I need. Thanks for tuning in. Tune again next week. Greg, say goodbye. I can't believe this. You're the joy of my life. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, well, I'm not, but I am. I love you. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.